0: All right. Welcome back. Um, man, we had a great first half. and Thank yeah. you guys for tuning in for the first half and staying with us through the second half.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, like we talked about in the first half, we are just talking about how. People just really some people don't know where to start. They don't know how to really study the word and everybody kind of has their own way. Yeah, I would say of how yeah. they study. Um, Some people are just kind of situational inspired. Some people are inspired by um, maybe a a thought or maybe from a conversation that's had with some some friends. And then you want to go find it in the scriptures. Um, But how do you suggest people study the Bible? Like, where do you even start?
0: So this is two things. Um, Because the Bible can be very overwhelming. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially if you're just not getting into it, and then you talk about, I want to say the Bible, and you go to Revelations. <laughs> that is yeah, the wrong place to yeah. start. You know, and so what I suggest is, so for instance, if the day is 421, you should read Psalms 21 and Proverbs 21. If it's the 22nd, you read Psalms 22nd and, and Proverbs 22nd. Uh, psalms and Proverbs is your wisdom book. Psalms is, I heard somebody really, I think you were telling me before, somebody called it a di- David's diary, but you get mm-hmm. Psalms and um, different prayers in there. So to get into the habit of reading God's word every day, whatever day of the of the month it is, that's what Psalm and that's what Proverbs. But I recommend people start in the gospels first. So as you're reading your Psalm and your Proverbs, when you want to really start studying God's word, I suggest you start in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The reason why I say that is that because if we can understand Jesus and His love for us and the life of Jesus, and we have that in our spirit, it will make reading the Old Testament a little bit easier. Because you are the Old Testament points to Jesus. Mm-hmm. The whole the, from um, Genesis to Malachi, its job is to point to Jesus. So start with Jesus first. Then, when you're reading the Old Testament, you can see how everything is pointing to His coming to his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It will make reading those books and the difficulty of some passages a lot easier with the with Jesus and what he's done for us on the forefront of our minds. And so I suggest that everybody starts in the Gospels. Um, or you can do the traditional. They have a lot of one-year Bibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then what happens with those is that you're reading to say you completed the one-year Bible, but you're not really retaining a lot of it. It's just reading like just to get through it. But I suggest you start the New Testament first, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And then um, each day read a p- Psalm or Proverb that corresponds to the day and then start your journey that way because it will ease you into the daunting task of really tackling a lot because you're going to read the Bible. You're going to have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some stuff to be like, that don't sound right or that don't seem fair. Um, again, don't allow your personal biases to stop you. Do some more investigating. Investigation work. Go into commentaries. Go into your vines, your commentary, your dictionary, There's Bible Help Commentary online that's free. It goes verse by verse, and it has Matthew Henry's commentary. It has all these theologians' commentary. It'll help you uh, really address some of those things that are very can seem very confusing or very yeah um, hard to understand.
1: Yeah, because there's a lot of things that are really confusing. Even some of the simple things, once we start really thinking about it, it can become like overwhelming. If once we start getting uh, analyzing it, you know, it can become like really overwhelming and you're like, wait, how come I just don't understand this? What is this actually saying? Um, And so those commentaries are great because it kind of gives you a little more information. And then there's also for the people who are like visual or audio learners, um, they do have the Bible experience, which is really cool because like, like, I know for me, if I just read the Bible, sometimes I don't retain it. I really don't. But if I hear it or if I visually see it, like like um, that TV show, The Bible, on um, The Bible A&D, on A&D or A&E or the History Channel, uh, that was a really good remake of the Bible, um, uh, Chosen, The Chosen. That's a really good series on Jesus's life. Um, and so things like that, that can kind of like uh, be reenactments, but it it triggers my mind to visualize it so you know for me that's what helps me to be able to retain what i'm reading cuz you know when you're looking at studying you're taking it a step further than just reading a scripture or Correct. reading a story Correct. You, you know you study something for a reason either you're going to be you're trying to be prepared for something and so you know if you're doing a personal study if it's just one of your goals and you just want to be prepared to reach your goal Um, you know, the, the goal would be to be able to not just study just to say you did, but to actually retain these things. Right. Because Bible talks about, um, having the word hidden in your heart so that you don't sin against God. We all come into different circumstances and scenarios that we'll face where we won't have access to our phone. We won't have access to a resource, um, that we can pick up and, and a Bible we can pick up and read. But if we have at least something in our heart, we can remember that. Right you know we can actually remember that and we can call it out we can say it we can you know speak it over and over in our minds say it out loud over and over to really you know either speak to the situation or to be a reminder for us a motivator for us to keep going um but whatever it is they have uh like i said the bible experience is really cool it's out on youtube now and um you can get the whole kit or you can buy it or you can just go to youtube and find the different um episodes basically but it's the entire bible and it's really cool because it gives you like if like in the garden of eden it has like all the garden sounds right outdoor sounds like birds chirping and you know it it sounds like they're walking through grass and things like that if you're like in the ocean you know this sounds like waves are crashing so it gives you your audible you know for those who are audible learners but it also um speaks to your visual because you can you know, hear the sounds, but you can visualize the waves. So anybody that thinks more creatively and doesn't really just read and learn, those are some good resources and tools to add to the toolbox um, to really get a, you know, a stronger grasp on on what the
0: Bible is saying. Absolutely. And also when you're studying the Bible, you have to is a good thing to learn or a good thing to go into and ask yourself who what when where and why mm-hmm. every scenario is for a particular audience for a certain reason and you have to ask yourself these questions and look for those answers because um it was a middle eastern culture that he that a lot of it was written to mm-hmm. but we're from a western culture and so we try to put western ideologies on Eastern culture, and then it's where a lot of our confusion becomes, or some things that we just don't get, or some things are just said for a certain audience for a particular reason and we try to generalize it to everybody. And so you want to ask yourself who, what, when, where, and why, and really do some deep digging. Like it's really going to stretch your muscles, your memory, your, your, your skills, your thinking skills. And we have to understand that the Bible speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we try to make the Bible say what we wanted to say But the Bible really speaks for itself I was in school one day And the assignment was to compare and contrast David and Saul And so I said, oh, I know what I'll do I'll talk about appointed versus anointed Saul was appointed king, but but David was anointed king And I did this whole write-up, y'all I'm talking about like, you couldn't tell me (laughs) nothing I was ready to preach it I was gonna do everything, and my teacher said, Well, Von did you read the Bible? I said, like, What do you mean? Yeah, I read the Bible. You're wrong. No, I'm not wrong because David was anointed king, and and, and Saul was just appointed, but it clearly says in, in Kings that Saul, or yeah, that Saul was anointed. Mm-hmm. But here I was trying to make a point. I was trying to come yep. compare and contrast to make a point that David was anointed and Saul was appointed. And I went into the Bible and I went to these things only looking for what I wanted it to say, but the Bible speaks for itself. So as we're getting ready to ask for those who are teaching and um, preaching and do our stuff, allow the Bible for speak for itself because I had to learn the hard way. My teacher got on me and he was like, that's not what the Bible says. Like you, you gotta be very cautious of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And this is snap. And so that's the kind of things, or I, I remember one time I was like, you know, I have this cool uh message title, when God changed my name. And so I was going to talk about Saul and how God changed, uh, talk about the in New Testament, how God changed uh, Paul's name, um, from Saul's name to Paul, like God changed Saul's name to Paul. But the Bible never says that God changed yeah. Saul's name to Paul. Saul was his Israelite name. Paul was his Roman name. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be very careful. All that is said, we have to be very careful um, of what we're trying to make the Bible say, because the Bible really just speaks for itself.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the Bible doesn't need any additions, <laughs> any subtractions. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, at this point, right? Like, I mean, there's many people trying to do it, yeah. right? Even till today's time, there's a lot of people that have uh, uh, attempted and even taken things out. There's people that have changed the Bible to make it fit their lifestyle. Um, there's All kinds of things that people have done. There's people that argue that the Bible is not right because it doesn't include all these other books that are out there that are technically they say are supposed to be in the Bible, but are not in the Bible. And so a lot of people, you know, there's all this back and forth. But if we believe that these are the the, the books that were written, that were inspired by God and that God wanted us to really know and have this one kind of documented resource with these particular books in there, then this is what we have to believe. Like we have to believe that God knew what he was doing right i mean god knew what he was doing and he doesn't need our help to figure out what he needs to do right <laughs> to right. be able to to bless us and get us to know him and so but i know that once people start reading the bible sometimes they find out that there are other books out there that aren't in the bible but are are giving maybe extensions of bible stories right and sometimes people get confused so how do you help someone that comes to that point where they're, they are looking at other resources, but they're trying to learn the Bible. And now they're in that space of confusion.
0: Yeah. I mean, you will find that. I mean, the book of Jude references a story that is not in our Bible. When uh, Lucifer questions, Michael, where's the body of Moses? And, Luc- and Michael has to say to get behind me. That story is not in our 66 books, but that story of that incident of them disputing with the body is in a different book. And so our Bible was reference things that are not in our book but what I say to everybody that's questioning or dealing with that focus on the 66 books first and um, really try to get a grasp on that and then like I went to a uh, Bible college they they showed us the other books it's it's a it's a difference like your spirit doesn't even like it's it's like your, your spirit cringes when you when you read these other things um and then you can look at those other books as historical documents and you can see why um they're not in art books because they can't they can't um validate the authenticity of those books we don't know who wrote those books or when those books were written or how those books were put together. It's a lot of different things. And so our 66 books is what we believe that are truly inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so what I say is try to learn the 66. Trust me, it's enough in those 66 yeah. that would keep you preoccupied until Jesus Christ returns because um, it is a lot. It is a lot. Is um, a lot. And you got to be make sure that you can really um, handle mm-hmm. the extra stuff that you're trying to go investigate. And if you're going to go do it, I would say take take a class, a Christian class that can gu- guide you to those things and, and show you the details without you interfering uh, what you would believe in your spirit. Mm-hmm. And so I tell everybody, if you are a new believer, if you're a new person, if you're a, a, a long believer, but just now getting in God's word. Start with the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start with Psalms and Proverbs. And then work your way around and let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. See, the goal is not to just say, oh, I completed and read the whole Bible, but don't retain nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's not, you know, there's people who read the Bible two or three times, but can't remember scriptures or stuff like that. That's not the goal. The goal is really to get into God's word so that God can reveal himself to you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It can reveal yourself and you will find out that when in God revealing things to you, it will challenge what you thought you knew about God, what you've heard about God, and he really revealing things to you that hasn't been revealed to other people. And this is why now we don't need to argue about the Bible. Like when God tells me something or shows me something about him, I no longer argue with other people because it just hasn't been revealed to them yet. That's right. Mm -hmm. God reveals to everybody in time that he needs to reveal it to them. And sometimes you can get into an argument with somebody simply because you you think you know one aspect of God. They think they know one aspect. you guys are arguing with each other. They're trying to get each other to, But it hasn't been revealed yet. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been revealed. Things with God has to always be revealed. You can't find God. God has to reveal himself to you. As you search for him, then he reveals. As you go to him, he reveals. But um, you have to be very cautious of trying to argue with people when God tells you something about him. I don't argue anymore. Yeah. No
1: yeah. I don't argue with people either. Not, I mean, not even about religion or anything because- at the end of the day, you know, you believe what you believe is right. And I believe what I believe is right. And Matter of fact, I know mine is right. So <laughs> I believe Christ. I mean, Christ is the truth. That's yeah. what that's what the word says. That's what I believe. And that's what I stand on. So it is no argument. Yeah. You know, it's like go with God. I mean, one day, hopefully I said something that will stick with you and be that reminder. And it happens, you know. But, you know, I think that a lot of times um, also to add to what you were saying, people have to be, we have—we all have to be very careful of people that are misrepresenting the Bible, right? Because there's a lot of platforms out there where people are saying they're talking about the scriptures and they're teaching the scriptures. They ain't teaching our Bible. Uh-huh. They're teaching some other stuff and they're calling it the scriptures or they're using those titles to lure you into the conversation. Uh-huh. And that actually I witnessed personally firsthand through um, that one app called Clubhouse. There was this group on there and the title of the, of the discussion was called understanding the scriptures, the breakdown of the Bible, right? That was the, that was the whole title. So this room was full of like a thousand something people in the room. And by the time I clicked on there, there was this guy who was asking about some scripture in the Bible and this other guy was responding to him and at, it got so bad. Like this guy was ripping this other dude to shred. Like the guy honestly, genuinely had a question about the Bible and this other guy, they called him Deacon. So-and-so, I mean, he was so mean and nasty and aggressive um, in his response to the guy and told him, you know, you're wrong. Christianity is wrong. And you guys are doing this and you're being manipulated by the word and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, this guy went in. And so, all of a sudden the discussion turned to where this group of people were siding with this deacon, so-and-so. And and I was like, what is happening here? Isn't this a room, a discussion about the scripture? Like, why would they be saying this stuff? Come to find out it was not a room for that. It was a room for um, that one group called the Hebrew Israelites and these people said there was some other people that chimed into the discussion and they said, excuse me, we have questions. And one of the, and not one, but a lot of the questions were, hey, I'm here because this room said, understanding the scriptures, a breakdown of the Bible, not come into this room where we're going to try to destroy the Bible (laughs) and talk so much trash about it and call it false and Tear up everything it's saying So I mean this discussion got so heated That these two guys were just Arguing back and forth and They started giving out their addresses phone numbers Like come see me we can handle this And Like it was like and I mean it was That kind of heated where if they was in The same state like somebody was going to show Up it was about to be a fight it was bad Like that all because This man who's a Christian Came to this room thinking It was about the Bible You know, understanding the scriptures. And so, anyhow, people started to ask them, like, well, you guys, it seems like you're manipulating people to come into this room and engage in this conversation because your title is misleading. Yeah. This is not what this is about. And you guys are wrong for doing that. Right. People were calling them out. Yeah. You could sit here, argue and fight all you want to on this app. But at the end of the day, you guys are wrong for that. If you want to have a room to teach people about what you guys believe, have a room to teach people about what y'all believe and market that correctly. Don't manipulate it to get all these people in here. And then what you do is you got so much hate and aggression. You threatening to beat people up in another state because they're Christians and you want them to turn and not be a Christian, but be one of y'all.
0: Right.
1: You don't draw people like that. Yeah. I mean, come on. So even if the guy was in a space where he was looking, right, he wasn't about to become one of them. He wasn't going to convert to that. Not after that day. And and none of the rest of them people on there was. But you have to be, you know, nowadays we really do have to be mindful of that kind of stuff because there's so many platforms out there that are being used in that exact way. And like you said, you will know if it's a a resource that's not of God. Right. Like when you have the Holy Spirit, you will feel something. And it will either feel wrong or feel uncomfortable. Like, it, it just won't settle well with you.
0: Yeah. I mean, because as much as we try to do our own reading, we're going to sometimes get stuck. And so this is why you need to be plugged in mm-hmm. to a great ministry or a great teacher. Yeah. If you have a, you know, some people follow their favorite preachers, their favorite teachers. And it doesn't, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I say is fact check. Mm-hmm. If if what I'm speaking is the truth, I'm not going to get mad if you have your Bible you open. It. If I say the scripture says this, and you go to look for it, it should be there. Mm-hmm. Fact check it. You know, no matter who it is, and and really that's how you really learn and that's how you really grow. Just like for the longest, I thought the scripture was, <laughs> the race is not given to the swift or the strong, but the one that uh, endures so to it. the end. <laughs> I argued somebody down years ago because I thought that was in but it's not. It's, it's not. It's, it's, a it's combi- like two different scriptures. Yeah, it's a combination of two. Two different scriptures in different places. Yeah, that. yeah. So that that things like that, you know, you will begin to find out that you have to really another Bible. Ultimately, where did I,
1: that come from, though? Like, why do people merge
0: that? I I think it's one of those church cliches. I think somebody yeah. was preaching and got happy and it was like, "The race ain't given to the swift or the strong, but the one who endured and it just <laughs> <and it laughs> and and skipped the whole nother." Yeah, <laughs> just like the scripture, you know. People like in the Bible, the Bible says God won't give you no more than you can bear. Well, where's that at? <laughs> <laughs> what scripture is that? You know, so we have to be very cognizant. And uh, and I'm not saying um anything bad about preachers who have said it, you know, things like that, but we have to be cognizant of um what we are putting into our spirit as truly the fact check Fact
1: Yeah, I mean, because essentially it's technically in the Bible, it's just not a scripture. It's right, t- it's t- not t- like one yeah. one continuous scripture. It's it's like two, but the two, ones.
0: but the two don't even correlate. <laughs> <laughs> it's talking about two entirely different things, <laughs> you know.
1: And but it went on for
0: years, though. It went yeah. on for, like we could quote it with the best of them, and it
1: still happens. It still I, happens. I still hear it today yeah. in today's time. I still hear it uh, preached. Yeah, and,
0: and, and we have a preachers. We have a responsibility to do our due diligence when we're studying. And really give people the truth and really teach the truth mm-hmm. and really teach God's word. Like we have we have that responsibility. Whenever we're going to say that we're going to teach a Bible study or we're going to preach or God called us to this, or even when I share, it could be a one-on-one. I never share my opinion. I always share the facts of God. Mm-hmm. I don't share what I'm still questioning or want to know more about or what I think. People don't want to hear what you think, but what you think don't save them. What a matter you... of fact, what you think is what creates cults. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. it really,
1: because yeah. people start following what you think instead yeah. of what the word says. Yeah.
0: And so you we have a responsibility to teach God. not to teach God, teach people about God and the truths about God.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, Jesus didn't go through all. like I always say it. Jesus did not go through all that. So we can sit up here and still be living in a lie.
0: <laughs> For real. That's,
1: that's not why he did that. He wanted us to know the truth. He wanted us to know him because he is the truth. Yeah. And that's it.
0: Yeah. And our responsibility is to grow. Like Paul says, we shouldn't still be on milk. Some things when you first come in, you're going to have the fundamentals mm-hmm. of the gospel. You're going to. When I got saved, first got in, I was very, very works based. And a lot of it had to do with my denomination mm-hmm. is present. But I thought that I had to do this X, Y, and Z so that God can do X, Y, and Z. But that's works-based. Like, if I do this, then God's going to do that. It works in reverse. Because if I sin, then I'm thinking, when God is just so mad at me. It's mm-hmm. But then when you realize, like, Jesus just didn't die on a cross. If I really believed in the finished work of Christ, though I really now think that because I do something wrong, God is waiting around the corner to punish me. I can't, I can't have both. I can't believe in the finished work of Christ and that he died for all of my sin and and Jesus died because he loves me only for him to punish me and be mad at me and don't want to talk to me when I mess up. But these are the conflicting Mm -hmm. things that happens when we mix what we hear in denominations versus what we read and study Mm -hmm. on our own. And so we have to filter and grow and really ultimately be who God's called us to be.
1: Yeah. And that's important to know, because, you know, we all make choices in life that have consequences good or bad. And those consequences happen at various times throughout our lives. And some of them have like multiple consequences attached to it. Right. But like you said, I mean, Jesus didn't go die and all that stuff for him to just like turn his back on all of, all of a sudden, because we, we did something or made a, cho- a poor choice, you know, that he didn't like, or, you know, something that was completely just off the wall, but there are some belief systems out there that, that do that. They yeah. real, there really are. There are some systems out there that will, you know, if if you turn to a life of drugs or um, have some sort of an addiction or anything like that, there's no grace, right? There's there's no grace in in some other faiths and belief systems. It's you just got to get clean to be one of us and to make it to heaven. And you know, it's it's very sad because it's just a hard stop. It's a hard cutoff. And everybody cuts you off. Yeah. I mean, you just don't have access to nobody and nothing. I mean, you just hopeless. Did it did Jesus replaced the hopeless with hope. Like he gives us so much hope through a relationship with him, through access to him. He's a living God. He's here with us everywhere we go, everything we do. And so, and and the most important thing is he already knows we're gonna screw up.
0: I mean, the reality is, is that we can't even be good enough for his love. If that's the case, like, even if you work space, you can't work good mm-hmm. enough for his love. Mm-hmm. Paul says our righteousness is, is as a filthy rag. It's like, you yep. can't be good enough. The fact is that Jesus loves you. Yep. And John says we love him. Why? Because he first loved, loved us. us.
1: Exactly. He loved
0: you. It wasn't about what you did mm-hmm. or what you didn't do, what you look like or what you didn't mm-hmm. look like or what commandments you kept. And which? Yep. No, he simply
1: loved us. Yeah. And if that ain't enough, then I don't know what is. you know, because a lot of times when you love somebody you do over time, as you grow in that love relationship, you do see change. You start changing. They start. Things just start to morph and shift and change into something better than what it started out as because you love someone. And that's the same thing that Christ's love should be doing for all of us is it should be changing us, changing us from the inside out. When we're feeling good and doing good on the inside, guess what? On the outside, we're looking like it too. We don't look so worn out and like we just having a bad day all day, every day. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. we can speak better. We can socialize better. We can do things and and be, you know, be all that we can be and live truly an abundant life because yeah. of his love for us, because yeah. of his sacrifice for us. We've had a great discussion today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to tune in next week. We'll check y'all out.
0: All right. See ya.